Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Service, and I've been talking quite a bit the last few shows about gardening here in northern Illinois, and I wanted to provide a little bit more information this week about the opportunities we have to get out and garden in the yard. We have, compared to other parts of the state, we have about 160 to 170 growing days here in northern Illinois, and you might want to compare that to, say, southern Illinois that has 190 to 200. So for us to get our best product out of the garden and in the way we'd like to see it coming in, we need to really start gardening relatively early. And that really means that that for our average frost-free date being somewhere about May 5th, you can start gardening before that, uh, on that day, and for for another month after that. And that will give you a good succession of plantings. That will give you lots of product out of your garden to eat. And then there's also the successive plantings of, say, several short rows of snap beans, for example, over a period of weeks will give you a nice continuous harvest there. So for us here in northern Illinois, if we plan and and push ourselves to be out in the garden, maybe when it's not quite as pleasant as we'd like to get the early crops in, we can pretty much get two complete gardens a year. We get the spring garden that kind of morphs into the summer garden, and before the summer garden's done, we're interplanting in that area where some of the crops have finished off, like maybe a row of snap beans is done growing. That comes out, and that's where we begin to plant the fall garden. So we can do two complete gardens here in northern Illinois without too much trouble. We just have to get out and start early so we can continue to garden late into the fall. So I talked about uh, a great quantity of vegetables that could be planted in our gardens at those four different periods. But the very hardy veggies in really enjoy being pl- either from seed or transplants planted in cold soil. That's their favored temperatures. And then they germinate and grow. And uh, those very hardy ones can even take a light uh, they easily take frost, and they can take a light freeze as well. So the next the next group would, would again be those be those frost tolerant vegetables, and they typically go in a couple three weeks before the frost free date. So you've already been in the garden twice at this point. Some of the other crops that can go in. Some crops are like they enjoy warm weather to grow in, but you start them when the weather is cold. Say for instance, rhubarb or potatoes. We put the seed pieces in the ground when it's relatively cold. But they're protected from those extremes in temperature, and by the time they emerge out of the soil, we have warmer air temperatures, and then they really take off. So rhubarb and potatoes would be examples like that. Uh, you could also uh, be plant, thinking about asparagus. You plant asparagus crowns, so they could go out relatively early as well. So we have a lot of different crops that would benefit from getting set out relatively early in the year. The, the plants that you have to wait on would be those tender vegetables or what we consider um, the warm-loving vegetables. And there's always something I see interesting in most gardens. You can set tomato plants out two weeks before you should be setting out your pepper plants. Pepper plants are more warm-loving. more They're not nearly as cold-tolerant or cool-weather tolerant as tomatoes are. So what I see happening in a lot of cases, and we all do this, we buy the pepper plants and the tomato plants, and we wait, and we plant them both together. So you're either planting the pepper plants too early, which stunts them, or we wait, and then you've lost two weeks of uh, growth 
growing time uh, on the tomatoes. So you might buy them at the same time, and that's perfectly okay, but make sure we plant them out at the right time. So you might buy the tomatoes and the peppers in time to plant the tomatoes out and hang on to your peppers for a couple more weeks before you set them out. So when you're putting out transplants that like warm weather and warmer soils and you plant them in cool weather and wet cold soils, um, they might sit there. They're, they're going to be there. They're not going to die, but they're just going to sit there and finally come out of that transplant shock and that cold, from those cold soils later on, and you've actually delayed their productivity when you do that. It's better to just wait to plant when the temperatures are, are in the range that they really, really prefer. That is, again, just sharing some of the things that we see going on from the extension side of the world when it comes to questions or, or challenges that home gardeners have when they're out there trying to grow their veggies. I would also encourage the idea that uh, a vegetable garden doesn't have to be this nice square or rectangular space in your yard. Uh, if you, you if you like to grow just one tomato plant or one pepper plant, there's usually a space somewhere around the patio in a landscape bed. You can sneak it in with your roses. It won't matter. The, the tomato won't care. And the other part of all this is, um, you know, vegetables don't need to grow in a straight row. So if you've got a, a landscape design, a landscape bed that has lots of curves in it or whatever, uh, you might use some of the uh, um, kales or cabbages uh, that have some ornamental value but yet are also edible uh, as part of your landscape beds. Um, there are Swiss chards today. The old Swiss chards just used to have a white midrib and a green leaf. And today, while it has the white midrib, uh, there's red, there's orange, there's yellow, there's green varieties of Swiss chard these days. So it's quite colorful. It makes an excellent-looking border. Another plant that makes a nice border in a landscape, and it also makes it edible, are beets. It's amazing the uh, how nice fo beet foliage looks um, as a border plant in a bed. And at some point, then you harvest it and consume it and eat it as well. So you have lots of opportunities to have vegetables in your yard in a very non-traditional sense in a non-traditional setting. So don't give that up. There's also patio containers these days, uh, grow boxes, things that if you don't have a lot of space or are even on a balcony in an apartment, these grow boxes work very well. They come pretty much self-contained. There is a water reservoir there, and as long as you keep water in the water reservoir, the plants take up the moisture as they need to. So there's no concern about overwatering or underwatering. And these grow boxes can support a variety of vegetables. You might only get one tomato plant in a grow box, but you might get quite a few radishes or several plants of snap beans. Um, you can even grow, uh, I've seen um, even cucumbers being grown in the boxes. You give a little bit of vertical support, a little bit of a vertical trellis, and grow your cucumbers up on a trellis uh, vertically. And uh, people have had very good success with that. If it's tomatoes you're looking for, uh, look for determinant types. Look for the, the, the typical cherry or tom thumb or sometimes they just literally are called patio tomatoes so that you can grow them on your patio or on your deck in a container. They work very well. So I, again, would just really encourage everyone to try gardening somewhere, uh, whether it's a pot, a container, a grow box. Uh, it could be as simple as buying a bag of growing media, cutting holes in it, 
planting right in the grow media for the season. You got to water it, of course. It's just another way we get to garden and enjoy uh, fresh vegetables on the kitchen table. So this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Side Up. It's always a pleasure to talk to you folks, especially about gardening and other horticultural topics. I'll be back again next week.